Welcome back, Breaking Barriers Podcast. What's up? What's Hello. up? Happy Tuesday. All right, Adriel. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Debo. You see, see uh, y'all see his little braids. I was about to say that. I see y'all see y'all twins over twinning over there. You know what I'm saying? You know, he had to get them braids like me, you know. He, he liked his little braids. He loved it, you know. My kids all looking like me, y'all. I'll be messing what? with Debbie. I don't know. I don't know. No, don't do it. Don't even play yourself. <laughs> little mama's don't talking about her mama now. Right. Don't make me pull out my baby pictures. <laughs> I just ain't seen my baby pictures. I'm trying oh, to tell y'all. Yeah. A little bit. Y'all put my baby picture. Y'all put her baby picture. Y'all gonna be like, dang, Debbie, did you win any of the fights? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Oh, not even goodness. a little bit. Well, welcome back. We've been off for a couple of weeks because Drina was out in the Mardi Gras street. <laughs> heavy, heavy, <laughs> heavy, heavy. Hugging, <laughs> Hugging it out. Hurt up for her birthday. Happy belated birthday, Drina. Thank oh, you. Drina been living her life, y'all. She's been out here just living. <laughs> I'm jealous. Yeah, I'm, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Hold up, Didi. Wasn't you just in Atlanta? What are we talking about? I went for a birthday party, yeah. That, that, that's enough. Didi, I saw what you had on. I was like, oh, it must be her pre-birthday party. She getting ready you know, months in advance. They gave me a theme, and you know I'm I'm all for a theme, so you know right. I can't disappoint when you give me a theme now. Right. So I show up the way you asked me to show up. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, they be showing out in Atlanta. Atlanta be a little bit too much for me. I, I can't I can't be in Atlanta. They they. Ooh. I'm gonna let y'all have Atlanta. I go and I have to go. Yeah, That's I couldn't crazy. miss her. I couldn't miss her birthday, so I went and celebrated with her. And I had a good time. Okay. Well, for those of you who do not know who we are, we are the Breaking Bears podcast, and I will introduce my co-host since we've been out of here for a while. Drina, my sister, said happy belated birthday. Thank you so much. Well, we have uh the host over here with his fresh corn rolls, Mr. Adrian Taylor, aka Mr. GC. AKA, I gotta bring them out every now and then, you know what I'm saying? I see. <laughs> Last time we had uh Frederick Douglass, you know, <laughs> I told you because I had been thinking about cutting it, so that's why I had it out. I was gonna cut it down some, but nah. no, nah. Samson, don't give up your strength, you know. I'm actually letting and well, because I'm letting the back grow in, so mm -hmm. I want the back grow in so it can go all down. And that's okay. the reason why. So, you, yeah, you. I'm like fro. So y'all can't see the back, but the back is is like a fro, like a. Uh, I don't know y'all the cat. Oh, okay. Yeah, we see it. That's how, <laughs> how, how the girls used to be back in the day when they shave their sides and they try to let right. it grow back. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm doing. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna let the back grow in. So, you know, of course, it ain't long enough just yet to to braid, but I'm oh, letting man. it get done. Here we got my girl, the birthday girl. The shoot, she should have been the Zulu queen. <laughs> she out there in the parade. Tuesday, she had all the balls. I'm like, I need to schedule my trip to New Orleans wherever next year with Drina for Mardi Gras. Yes. Well, y'all welcome, Miss Drina, aka Drina Dream, aka. 
A lot of things have changed the last time I talked to you. <laughs> oh, you ain't got to tell me. I already know. <laughs> things gonna change around here. No. You ain't got to tell me. I already knew. It's going to be all in your business, Rena. <laughs> and then we have, we have our host, and she always has the most going on, Miss Dee Dee, Miss AKA. The core queen. AKA. I'm trying to find out what Drina done found out. <laughs> I'll tell y'all all about it. <laughs> After the show. <laughs> uh, I already saw it. I was seeing the subtle changes. I was like, hold up now. I was like, Adrian, be all in our business. How you know this stuff? That's ridiculous. <laughs> I got eyes, Didi. I got eyes. You are a man. You are definitely a man. <laughs> Yeah. We're going to start with our trending topics. Y'all know we done missed so much since we've been off, so we got some stuff to talk about. What did y'all think about the Super Bowl? It was awesome. What, what was awesome about it? Everything. <laughs> Everything. It was one of the best Super Bowls. One, it was one of the best Super Bowls I had seen in a while. Oh. Um, two, you know what I'm saying? The halftime show was busting. Was busting. Mm -hmm. It was a lot that happened. I really, really enjoyed it. You know, how he was able to bring, because what was it, 13, 15 minutes? How you able to bring a whole show into, especially being the artist that he is, right? Those type of artists that come there and be able to give a glimpse of the greatness that you are. Um, mm -hmm. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was fine. You know what I'm saying? From. <laughs> I even thought little little Jermaine Dupri little munchkin outfit was fine. You feel me? But uh <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but um yeah, everything that he did, man, the songs, I, I felt like he he knew what he needed to do as far as the song. He played every song he played, I knew like yep, yep, and yep. Mm -hmm. he, he he did that. So I re I really enjoyed it. And yeah. so Patrick Mahomes, once again, man, he the he the new goat. He he the new goat. He he could possibly be the goat when it's all said and done. But um, it was it was great, man. Um, commercials wasn't really all that. Mm -mm. You know, I feel not. like I feel like they changing it up on the commercials. The commercials ain't doing what they used to do. Um, they had a couple that that I like that stuck out. I mean, the Ben Affleck and J-Lo commercial was, was funny to me. Oh, that, that was, was probably the best one that I can that I can think of. But, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, I was on the edge of my seat watching the game. Thought it was a great game. It was a defensive game in the first, defensive mind, and then they turned it up in the second half, and it came down to the end. Um, what else can you ask for? Most watched Super Bowl ever. Um, so, yeah. It's crazy. I enjoyed it. What did you think, Drina? I really enjoyed the halftime show. I get really bad anxiety when games go into overtime. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it makes me so And that's really one of the reasons I don't watch as much football, because it makes my nerves so bad. And I didn't even, I wasn't even rooting for either team. But I'm like, oh, I cannot sit here. Like, I, I need to know what's going to happen. But I really enjoyed the halftime show. The commercials i really don't remember because i had just got off a of mardi gras float because <laughs> i rode the parade that day so yeah 
I, I really was just there for the halftime show. <clears throat> and no, I didn't notice that the halftime show was in 3D. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know if you have to have a 3D TV. Hmm. Right. I wouldn't have known that, but yeah, um, I, know. I threw a Super Bowl party because I felt like I was going to be at the Usher concert. So I felt like I needed to have like the whole energy. Mm. We were absolutely bored to tears the first half. I was like, this game is trash. I'm ready to go to sleep. <laughs> then Usher came and saved the day. We was in here jumping up and down, acting a goddamn fool, <laughs> screaming and yelling like we was really at an Usher concert. Um, yeah. I, the details that he put into that show were phenomenal. If people missed it, he had he had your people on the stage with him. Adrian, he had the you news know what I'm on saying. the stage. You know he what I'm saying. Listen, I was like, I, I was gonna, I was gonna ask. So, <laughs> so, so this, this was funny because I was like, so me, me and Dave sitting here watching it. I was like, I because I didn't see him behind him first. I seen Usher kind of getting a little shoulders going. Mm -hmm. I was like, I know he ain't stealing our moves. What's going on? Then you know, <laughs> came up. So I was like, okay. I told you, I was like, I know he ain't stealing our moves. Well, hold on, Usher. Yeah. Come on now. Did you get the sign off on it? But yeah, but they was dead. And so then I'm like, still uh, to this day trying to figure out where the guy came from that flew in the air. Oh, yeah. I was like, where did he come from? <laughs> I don't know where he came from. So, but yeah. it was only one critique I had about his halftime show, and I was so disappointed about this part because I just knew, I knew he was going to bring him out, and he did. Jeezy, when he did love in the club, I was oh. like, if he bring out Jeezy, if he, and he didn't bring out. Him. So you, you, I don't know if you heard his interview. He said, I mean, of course he's he wasn't gonna call nobody, out, but he said he reached out to just about everybody that he could for this to to be a part of this. So I don't know if he reached out to Jeezy or not, or if Jeezy like, yo, I ain't trying to overshadow your moment with everything I got going on. Um, just don't know, but he did say he, he reached out to just about anybody that you can think of. I really wanted that. that he I played the song, you know what I'm saying? Out. He played the song. So I would think that meant yeah. he reached out to Jeezy. I would think, especially yeah. if you reached out to Luda, I would think he yeah. would reached out to Jeezy too. And I but. was so irritated with everybody projecting their freaking insecurities about the Alicia Keys. I'm like... First of all, talking about that couldn't be my wife because it can't be your wife. She would never be there. So let's just get that out the way. Like, why are you like this? It's entertainment. People do movies, all kind of stuff. Y'all talking about a hug? Oh God, it was so annoying. I, so, so Didi, sometimes I wonder if people, because I mean, I I didn't think nothing about it. Right? I'm watching it. Watched it live. Mm -hmm. Saw the hug, didn't anything, didn't think twice. He an entertainer. She's an entertainer. That's, I didn't think anything about it. But right. I, sometimes I feel like people may be like, uh, I don't know. But then when someone comes out and says it on the internet, now it's like, you know what? Yeah, I was thinking that too. So it validates just a little inkling of thought that some people has. And I think that's what be happening. You know, they go to the internet to for somebody to validate or tell them how to feel. I don't think it was an issue. Like, what are we talking about? These are entertainers. No one ever says anything about actors kissing and tongue. Man, they look like they bussing. And they I'm both married. Here. You know I'm what I'm saying? <laughs> but, right. 
and they both married, right? Or one of them's married, but we've seen it. We're both married. No one bats an eye. No one mm-hmm. says anything. It's art. They're acting. Well, he's an entertainer. She's an entertainer. Like the song's called My Boo. Like, like they ain't been in the club dancing with a dude. Like, like, right. We've all been at the club and you, a dude, come up behind you and start dancing. Like, that's happened. <laughs> like, I was just, I'm just irritated with people project. It, it was the same way how they responded when Kiki went out yeah. with Kiki Palmer was at the show. It's the same exact reaction. It's like, just because you don't let your wife do stuff like that, everybody's not married to the same kind of person. Yeah. Every marriage isn't the same. It's not cookie cutter. Some people are okay with stuff like this. It's like yeah, they have was... this, this brush. They just paint everybody. They got to be this kind of wife. They got to act this kind of way. They got to dress this kind of way. Well, Swiss Beats was just fine. Yeah. Right. Only Swiss thing Beats. I had to say about that part was she looked gorgeous, beautiful, which we expected from Alicia Keys. But I was like, why did she try to hit that note? She she knew she she started too high. You started too high. You need to bring it down. <laughs> and then how they gonna clean it up now on the replay? Oh, they cleaned that thing up, didn't they? Oh, did they? <laughs> they cleaned yes. that thing up. That's what's wrong with social media. They think everything's supposed to be flawless. They cleaned that mm-hmm. thing up. Yeah, that was. Ooh, I was like, Whoa. She was fighting that note, though, boy. Wasn't she, though? Yeah. She was, like, as a singer, you could you you could feel that before you let that out. You know, yeah. Let me let me. Yeah. You play, you playing the keys. You get to hit the note with your money. Bring that yeah. down. <laughs> let's, let's come on over here. <laughs> she was struggling. But she um, was struggling. Adrian, when I when I saw him doing the shimmy, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, are those captives? I was like, it gotta be, cause I know he he wrapped them uh canes with no red. Mm-hmm. I was like, those gotta be captives. Otherwise, the internet finna be on fire. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like, cause yeah, you seen it was kind of start with the shipment, then you like, but then they rose up. You like, oh, okay, all right, cool. <laughs> so what was your, what was y'all favorite moment of the other halftime show? How you know Swiss was fine? Cause he made a statement. Yeah, he made <laughs> a statement about it. <laughs> Why would he yeah, be y'all worried about, about the I'm so confused. Steaming for what? Yeah, I, I, for real, y'all. And I'm, I'm with, with all jokes aside, I've never seen collectively on a platform of any kind so many insecure men. I, I just never seen it before. And I, I've dated very confident men, like having to do certain things with other men. They've never acted like this. Yeah. Is it because it's us? I don't. Hmm. I would assume. I would this assume that she probably let it. him know. He probably knew what was going to happen. Like they rehearsed it. I'm sure. Even if he wanted to see it, like I'm sure he she told him what was going to happen. They act like she bent over, twerked on him. He rubbed <laughs> all the way. They literally did a hug. She smiled, laughed. That was it. My, Nobody, because it's like, all right, because even when when Destiny's Child danced for Magic, mm-hmm. Nelly, and was Terrence, Howard. Terrence Howard, yeah. right? All in relationships at that time. Married, married, and Nelly was in the relationship. Nobody. You talking nobody about said young, because it's Usher? He has herpes. Nobody cares. <laughs> So it's because it's Usher. Okay, well, hey, there you go, Didi. He's saying it's because it is Usher. 
It should be the other way around because it's Alicia Keys. She the nobody want us. She was probably hoping he didn't have an outbreak and they get through the clothes. Oh Lord. Um, Adrian, my favorite part, I wouldn't say my favorite part, but the most surprising part to me, I didn't expect for him to start with caught up. Oh, okay. What did you expect him to start with? I don't know. I because I don't think caught in my mind, caught up isn't like one of his top hits, but maybe it is like on the charts. But I it wasn't like a I don't consider it to be like one of his fan favorites. So I was surprised that he um started with that one. Did you say the H word as if herpes isn't an actual medical term? <laughs> <laughs> okay. My favorite part was definitely coming out on the skates, having the pole dancers. I was like, I knew he was going to do it, but I oh, didn't yeah. see it. At the Super Bowl, you got pole dancers and skate. That's so ATL. So ATL. I loved it. What was yours, Adrian? Come on, now don't ask me that. You already know what it was. <laughs> the out there throwing them canes. I already know. Come on. Come on did, you did you try it? Did you try to do it? No, I Absolutely. just... um. I just watched because at, <laughs> at that moment, right? That's that's big. You know what I'm saying? So you just you just kind of blasting in the glory. You just uh-huh. you just throwing <laughs> up the yo, and you just you just flowing with them. Like I, you you just it's a proud moment. You know what I'm saying? It, it was yeah. just a super super proud moment. I was extremely happy. So I I yeah. feel like it was a very um, it was an awesome show, but it was a very black thing because there were only certain things that only we would know. <laughs> Like yeah, with the Kappas, like we figured that was Jackson State's band. Like mm-hmm. all of those things, like are things that we would like instantly get. And other people are, like just looking like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. I love it. Yes. <laughs> and oh, and folks were very. I, I was in a group on something on social media on Facebook, and they were really upset about the Black National Anthem being sung. They were upset. I saw that. Yeah. So I thought the only issue was I thought people were upset because they said um after she sung it, one of the one of the hosts was like, and and next we'll celebrate America or something like that after she sang it. (laughs) (laughs) So people get offended by everything. But they act like they didn't play like the regular national anthem, and you know, I, I, it'd be one thing God, if you don't. They do God bless America, the national anthem. Right. Like, it'd be you like, don't do. It'd be one thing if you cut out God bless America and the national anthem, and then just do that. Then okay, I could see how you'd be like, well, dang, like well, y'all ain't gonna play it. You know, I could maybe I could see that, but you played all that. So what are we talking about? Oh, they dividing the country. What are you talking about? Country's what? always been divided. People. So, That's yeah, I've I seen that. People talking that. You just like, whatever. Yeah. So are y'all going to the Usher concert? Y'all got, y'all got your ticket? I'm mad that Usher's not coming to New Orleans, but somebody told me they think he's going to be at Essence Fest. And if that's the case, I'm going. And I'm pretty sure he's he's he said that he... He didn't put out like the whole schedule. So that because, you know, people thought that he was going to be here first, which initially in the schedule it was. 
but of course he capping, you know, he jumped capping, he jumping it off in uh Atlanta. And so uh, and then he'll be up here in Baltimore and DC. Um I thought about it, but I don't know yet. We looked up tickets and I'm too bougie to sit in nosebleeds, so I'm not going. Okay, what's the prices? Because I ain't even looked. The nosebleeds was like 300 and something dollars. The nosebleeds was 300 and something dollars. Mm -hmm. So basically for a decent seat by 600. Yeah, I think the ones we wanted was like eight or 900. Eight or 900. Yeah, so I'm not doing that. There was a lady online. She said, you know, she's tried to get tickets in multiple cities. And every time, like it gets to the point like, okay, get ready to pick your seat. And then there's nothing. And then she said they would have like one or two seats for like $2,500. But of course that's like resale prices. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, some of them went up to the ones that was kind of sold out. Well, it was crazy because the the close 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 seats was like seventeen eight hundred dollars and eighteen hundred, and then you know Ticketmaster with their ridiculous fees gonna be about twenty five hundred. Yeah, is Usher on this song? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. So I don't know if any of you all got sucked into this series on TikTok called Who the Fuck Did I Marry? Um, I did. Ooh. And I, I watched notes. the whole thing. I made notes for this. <laughs> Let me pull them up. And, um, I have so... Y'all know how I am about red flags, right? Because mm. I, I got... I should be trending on TikTok <coughs> on my story, but we, don't, we ain't gonna go there. Um... But Drina, I'm gonna let you go into what you think. This shit has gone so viral. It's literally like having a, a ebook, <laughs> an audio book. It the thing is, this woman has 50 videos out, and each video is at least 10 minutes. Like, yep. ma'am, you you did you, you're right. You she put out an audio book. This is nuts. <laughs> but from I watched the very first video before it like really gained a lot of traction. And then I saw everybody else talking about it, and it was like, it was like, oh, it's uh, she's a chapter thirty-two. I'm like, damn. And then the next day I woke up, it said fifty. I'm like, baby, all these lies. So just a short synopsis: she uh -huh. met the man in March um, on a dating app. When she met him, yeah, twenty twenty. When she met him on a dating app, he made a point to let her know. They had already matched on a different dating app. But the reason she didn't understand that was because he had a whole different name and mm. a different picture on that dating app. Red flag. Red flag number one. <laughs> We're not talking no more. <laughs> right. What What are we talking That's about? Me. That's just me. <laughs> then, then she, you know, she said, oh, a few weeks later, Georgia was shutting down. So we were deciding if we were going to quarantine together. Together? Y'all ain't been knowing each other a month. What are you talking about? Right. She said it was two weeks after they met. Yeah. The <laughs> Why he oh, hiding hey, from a because Adrian? I don't know. They want to say hey. <laughs> so silly. Yeah, two weeks after they quarantined. Good night. Together. Two weeks, two weeks after he moved into her house. He moved into her he house. Moved into her house. They, they were trying to decide where they were going to quarantine at. Decided to move into her place. He told her that he um 
First, he told her he was the CEO of a condiment company or the v vice president of a, mm -hmm. a major condiment company. And then at some point, he told her that he was an arena football player. And she was like, I didn't know that was a thing. He got really upset. She was like, I, um, he was like, yeah, we won the championship. And she was like, I didn't know that that existed. Kind of find out that had ended in like 2018 or something. Like whatever he, wherever he was saying he was working. And the craziest part, she said every phone conversation he had in front of her, whether it was on the phone with my brother, oh, oh, my brother said, hey, oh, you know, they were like, what's going on? Baby, she he wasn't on the phone none of the times. He wasn't talking to nobody. He was just making nope. all this stuff up. And he was a forklift operator, a temp, a temp, a temp at a warehouse driving a forklift. But I'm like, how? <laughs> how many red flags did you have to ignore? Because this is nuts. But she, I don't know. She never explained because she said when he moved in with her, he was paying all the bills. Where was he getting right. all his money from? Mm. Right. She said she wasn't really questioning him because he had the money to, to pay all the bills. So I'm like, I, I don't know how bad somebody wants to be in love to like mm. not for the to not question all these antics because what they, they, just, look, they looked at what 50 houses looked at so many houses fell through because he would not show proof of funds because he said yeah, he was going to pay cash here, all short it was like it was like a, a six hundred and ninety nine thousand dollar house he was like well i got approved for seven hundred and fifty thousand i want to put in a cash offer if I meet a man and he tell me he has six hundred and ninety nine thousand dollars in cash, baby, you gonna have to show me something. I, I need I need to know where this money come from. Cause what? And th that was another red flag, though. Why didn't you just use the? You claim you got pre approved, and you claim he showed you the the pre approval letter. Why didn't you just say no? We could just use the pre approval for this. You ain't right. got to worry about the cash offer. I want this exactly. house, girl. He done took oh. the girl car shopping. So he's gonna buy a car. Came up with excuses not to buy the car. Lied about what kind of how many siblings he had. Lied about talking to the siblings on the phone. She said, but he was on the phone in front of me. Wasn't nobody on the phone. Nobody was on the phone. He he said he had an ex who um had children he was still connected to. Then it turned into her kids died, and they need to we need to give her two thousand dollars to go towards the funeral. Mm. And the whole time, again, I'm thinking, how much does somebody want to be with somebody? Like, how much will you go through? Because this is all too much. My And here's my, my question for women. Why is it that it took all of this for you to do the work that you should have done from the beginning? You're doing it at the end. Now you're doing all this research, background checks, criminal background checks, calling this person. Why didn't you do that in the beginning? I just, I, and I, I think I think because people want to feel love, I think that she felt like she like struck gold with this man. Like I think that she really was like, oh, I got a man. He taking care of me. He paying the bills. Like, so what if what he? So what if he? You know, tell a little white lie every now and again. But like, what? This is. Nuts. She said she wanted to be married so bad. This is what I listen, ladies. Thank, ladies. thank God she did not marry him. Thank God she had a miscarriage. Yeah. 
ladies, stop being so obsessed with the idea of something that you overlook the reality of it. Like she literally said, I just wanted to be a wife. I just wanted to be married. That's all. She was like, I, I was so excited about him saying he was going to take me to London. This nigga ain't got nobody money. None. None. He's telling you all these lies. And you, he, he verifying stuff by showing you screenshots <laughs> from Google. <laughs> it, it, I, I just really hope that she gets like uh, some type of book deal or something. I mean, even though she's already oh given us God. everything, she's given us everything. That's a lifetime movie. They need to get her to write oh, yeah. She's already out. At least, at least Tubi. Somebody on Tubi. It's gonna be on Tubi like in the next few weeks. She needs to. Mm -hmm. She done. She, she done gave him the whole script. Right. It's 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 horrible. But yeah. Yeah, but I I believe that maybe not to the extent because this I believe the guy's a, um he's bipolar. He's a psychopath. He has deep mental health issues. He's he's really something is mentally wrong with this guy. Yeah. And I was actually waiting. I was really waiting for the shoe to drop that he had AIDS or something because the way she kept describing his deteriorating health. Yeah. I was like, well, well, what happened? You keep talking about a knee injury. Now the dude bedridden. He pissing in the in the damn power aid bottle because he can't get to go to the bathroom. What's wrong with him? No, he's it's something mental with him. Yeah. So she dated him, married him. She dated him. Got wait, moved him in, got pregnant, married him, and divorced him all within a year. <laughs> a year. I mean, just from just from like the from the time of them meeting and getting married, living together and getting married, to me was like this is nuts. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. she definitely. And during the pandemic, we didn't know what the hell was going on. I wouldn't move no stranger in my house. Yeah. And that that was that to me. I'm, I'm I'm gonna have to blame the church a little bit because I think that was another big factor for her too, because she felt bad that she was raising the church. They said you're not supposed to live with a man without being married. You're not supposed to have a baby without being married. Like I felt like she was feeling guilty because of her upbringing in the church too, and she yeah. pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And he played on that, saying his yeah. mom and dad owned the church. He was a pastor. Child. He took her to the church. <laughs> he took her all the way to Augusta to the church, child. It wasn't nobody church. We don't know who church it was. <laughs> people, said, people, grandma, be, people be wanting to be grandma loved. died from COVID in 2020. And, right. Took her to the grave site. The grandma died in 2008. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was just between that and Diddy, I know you ain't watched it. I meant to ask Adrian. Between this and Love is Blind, I have been, it's been a lot. It's been a lot going on. I, I can't get that show anymore, my energy. I just can't ever get it like. This season is, this season is. Love is Blind is awesome. Diddy, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm all caught up. I'm waiting on the, the new episodes tomorrow. Oh, yeah. You I can't wait for these. I can't, I can't wait for everybody to meet each other, Adrian. <laughs> Ooh, cause it's gonna go down. I it's saw a clip. <clears throat> the dark skin girl and the dude was trying to get her to describe herself to him. Oh yeah. I yeah. Was like, what a prick. 
Well, so, yeah, you gonna watch big, it? No. Well, they the together. The biggest mm. controversy right now, Didi, <laughs> is they have a girl. She told his dude, they not we're not supposed to be talking about looks. She told his dude, people say I look like Megan Fox. I look more what like Megan Fox. About this all on, on Instagram. I look more like Megan Fox than that lady. Megan Fox. And the Megan girl got like the big face. MGK. Yes. Machine yes. Gun okay. Kelly. Megan Fox that was in Transformers. Megan Fox. Yeah. That the actor. Like people I scrolled past. I didn't know who he was. So, <laughs> yeah. He like. <laughs> yeah, she said, I've been told I look met, like Megan Fox. When they met, he, she was like, what's your favorite thing about me? He was like, you have nice teeth. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> That's like saying you got a nice personality, <laughs> baby. What? Damn! All right, y'all. Let's move to our icebreaker topic, and <clears throat> we can bring on our guests. What is some friendship deal breakers for y'all? Uh, I don't like not being a unified front with my friends. Like, uh, if somebody come to me and be like, well, Didi said blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be like, yeah, she told me that. And then behind the scenes, I'm be like, Didi, why the fuck you ain't tell me? Right. <laughs> 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 so I like to be a unified front. So if we can't do that, then nah, we can't, we can't be rocking like that. Um, I, I mean... We keep this icebreaker, so we keep this lighthearted, right? This ain't no yeah. heavy stuff. So um, when you don't when you don't stand on business, I, I don't like that. Like when you all over the place, when you don't say what you mean and mean what you say, like I can't I can't do that. I can't. That's a friend deal breaker for me. Like I might not straight cut you off but you ain't gonna be in my circle like you're gonna be we're gonna be cordial there you go i'm learning how to be cordial with people you ain't in my circle though <laughs> this must be new <laughs> yeah it's new i'm learning i'm trying to tell you like no it, no because this is funny um i was having a conversation with, with my homeboy and um because some changes came about and we supposed to be boys and uh -huh. You know, some money plays came about and he didn't tell me nothing about it. And normally I'm gun in gun blazes. Like, what the like that's how we do? Like for real? Like we, we don't we don't run that by. I'll be running by you, you know, that type of thing. But I um I didn't. And I even told him, I was like, you know, typically I come in guns blazes, but you know, this this 2024, I'm trying to do things differently. So I'm gonna let you make it. But uh yeah. What's this? Uh -huh. You thank you, bro. My bad. I ain't yeah, because you know I always run plays by you. I always run the plays that I'm doing with you. So you know, let's keep this thing consistent. But um That's yeah. sad. That's sad, Mr. R J R. Yeah. I got some great friends. Right. Um <laughs> but I was gonna I was gonna take it a little deep, but I keep it lighthearted because you know I, I'm I'm a man, so I have like them non-negotiables like mm -hmm. <laughs> like deal breakers that's like i ain't mm -hmm. rocking with you so but i i won't do that today 
I can't deal with friends who are extremely, um, okay, how can I say it? Like, if I can't be really honest, honest with you, mm. I'm be your friend. Because I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm being phony ever. Right. And I'm, yeah. and I, and if I'm your friend, I'm, I'm really saying something because I love you, and I'm, I'm not trying to hurt you at all. I'm just trying to make you better or make you realize something that you may not realize. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't. If I got this sugar coat or tap dance or tiptoe, it's never gonna work. But I, I feel like <clears throat> to that point, like with you as a friend. If you come to somebody and you can't be honest with them, that person really is, are they really your friend? Because you could take, I feel like your friend should be able to take that type of criticism and already know mm -hmm. she ain't trying to hurt me. She's just, you know, even yeah. if it might sting a little bit at the end of the day, it ain't trying to be like malicious or anything. And if you, <laughs> you have a conversation in private, like who, who are you really, like how is that person trying to hurt you? Right. If they come to you one part like one on one, yeah, yep. So we're gonna get into our um main topics here because we have a guest coming on. Um, Adrian, you have the intro, I think he's a returning guest, right? Because and you know, we we give returning guests nice little small intros now because <laughs> they've been here before. Um <laughs> So no, but um, this guy, he's a great guy, man. He's he's really, really, you know, been helping me out with some things as well, too, man. Um, I really enjoy the conversations we have, which is the reason why I wanted Jonathan Carrington, the therapist. That's what we're gonna give him. We're gonna nickname him the therapist to come back and and bless us with his presence so that way we can dig deeper in some of these conversations that we need to have, man, especially around therapy. So bring him on in, man. Jonathan Carrington, the therapist. Welcome, welcome. Hey. Good to see everybody. Hope Good everyone is well. Here. Yeah. yeah, for sure. We are so happy to have you back. Yes. Um, 2024 has come in like a lion and it is cutting up. Mm -hmm. So folks is probably in some desperate need of a therapist, especially this chick we just talked about. I'm joking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jonathan, did you did you get a chance to check that out? I'm I'm on the fourth fourth uh, video, so I am listening. It's a lot. Yeah, I was listening to what you guys were saying about it. Uh, it's a lot. It is, and yeah. I, I'm hoping she's getting some type of therapy because that's mm -hmm. man. I can't imagine that's the ultimate gaslighter. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Completely yeah. invalidated. I don't know if he catfished her. I think he just straight lied to her. Like he just yeah. lied. He's, he's, yeah, he just straight lied. <laughs> he's a pathological liar across the board. And right. the way and that just, I see her, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, and not just therapy for what she's gone through, but now putting it out there on the internet and the how it has mm -hmm. blown up. Like I can't mm -hmm. imagine like receiving all those comments. Like so many things. It's become such a huge thing. Like. I know that has to be a, a lot to deal with as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot to deal with. And I was just talking with a, a colleague and a friend of mine about it. And the way that she's presenting her affect is so blunted. It's so like, there's no emotions as she's, as she's expressing it. And so I don't think it's really fully hit her how traumatic and like this experience has been for her. So she's just kind of like just going through the story, but 
there's no emotions that she's presenting the information. So I, I find that to be really interesting so far. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. She starts to get emotional as it goes. You could tell it's starting to okay. weigh on her. I think it's more, but I'm not sure it's so much of the story she's telling is getting her emotional. I think it's more mm -hmm. of the backlash and the comments that are getting to it because it's like okay. they're they're coming at her like, wait a minute, you didn't. So now I think she's beating herself up. Mm. I think that's why she's becoming more and more emotional as she starts to tell the story. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, oh. I, I don't know if this was the right way to do it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God, because social media is not the place <laughs> for healing. No. <laughs> no. I, well, I think what happens is you come into it one way, right? And and feel like, okay, let me expose mm -hmm. this. But the way she's telling the story, it's more than that, right? It's 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 showing a lot. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I think getting the backlash and then people are saying like how you not know this like mm -hmm. how did this get this far you know and it's really i think it's really hitting her in that way but i don't think it's coming off what she thought it was going to give like i'm just been exposed this bum um <laughs> and yeah it's kind of exposing herself a little bit in in between there too so and i yeah, think I she, she explains from the beginning that regardless of how bad it makes her look she wants to make mm -hmm. sure that the story gets out there. And I think it's more so to protect somebody else from going through the same thing because nobody right. warned her. She, this man been married two times before and nobody said anything. Yeah. So mm. it's like, I could have avoided this had I known any of it. Right. I say. Tragic. It's tragic. Ugh. Mm. To, to be married to somebody that, that's literally, you have no clue who this person is at all. <laughs> he lied about everything oh god i can't even imagine everything but do Andrina, you think that you remember she turned the blind eye to some of it go ahead no he was literally blatantly lying there was no blind eye to really turn to many things because he was literally playing a character yeah the whole time like that he was doing things in front of her that made her believe this you, yeah. because if you don't think that somebody's not on the phone with somebody you're not going to think like they're in the, they're talking to you having full conversations with you and this person like yo so and so said hi hey hey oh she said hey he's not on the phone with anybody and and not just that not just his family like even when he would be at work like telling right. his assistant like you know fussing at his assistant and like you know asking just stuff that people would normally do on the phone like you would and so now I'm sure she has like a, in her mind, she's probably questioning everything mm -hmm. that she thinks like, and I don't know how, I don't know how much time it's going to take her to move past it in order to be okay with just even trusting anybody, let alone in a relationship. Mm. But <clears throat> yeah. I guess that, that made my question really prevalent this week, right? <laughs> right. We yeah. live together. Yeah. Uh, in her case, she shouldn't have. No, <laughs> I don't how do you but when someone's a con artist right mm. because a con artist will be a chameleon they're going to yeah. do and tell you everything and not only that they're going to go above and beyond to act the part right so it's not just him gaslighting her as one person said earlier it's more than that you know he's mm -hmm. becoming he's an actor he's taking on a whole nother persona 
to live this life to show her. Like you said, he's calling and he's acting like he has people. He's on the phone and he's not. He's acting like his assistant's there and, and art like he's doing a lot. Like he's putting on. So that's that's a lot to do. He embodied this person that he thought she wanted, right? And he played it. But this so is what he you, did to everybody, though. It wasn't just her. This is him. Well, he's, yeah. He's mentally, he's not <clears throat> he's he's mentally ill. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you know, it's um <clears throat> It's very common for many individuals like him to um, be on apps, social, uh, the dating apps, wow. and they lurk and they target vulnerable individuals, particularly vulnerable women. And, you know, she, unfortunately, she was in a situation where we would call it idealizing, like idealizing this husband that she was seeking for, seeking love and finding her husband and have, being married and having the house and all this other thing. And oftentimes that idolizing or kind of looking for the good in everyone can lead to this sense of downplaying and minimizing and ignoring all of the red flags and all of the, um, the negative attributes of a person. And so, um, so unfortunately, you know, you have individuals who, um, have a lot of challenges mentally, emotionally, and they, they hang out on these apps and they mm. target, you know, people that tend to idolize uh, partners or, you know, potential partners where they will, um, you know, they may uh, groom people to kind of like mirror some of the things that they like. They, they may say, oh, you know, you like this, I like this too. And it, and it could be very um, difficult because if you're a person who, who is blindly op optimistic in the dating process and you're kind of idolizing everyone, but you're not being realistic about, you know, not just the positive qualities, but also the negative qualities and having that balance, it can lead you to attract partners like this, where mm -hmm. you can be kind of like in this just kind of illusion of, of happiness and of fantasy and this white knight in shining armor that will take you off into the, you know, into the sunset and you're going to live happily ever after. And that never ends up that way. So, um, so I think she was a victim to that. And now she's like in this process of kind of backtracking and documenting and creating okay. these uh, audio clips to kind of like say to herself, is this real? Like, did this really mm -hmm. just happen to me? Like, you know, and so that, because she's been invalidated and gaslit, uh, for many years by this person, because that's that's typically what happens is documenting your steps and your experiences to kind of come back to reality, grounding yourself back to reality. Yeah, I because know she, said, yeah. I, I think I think because we get to see the full scope of what happened, mm -hmm. it makes it easy to dissect it and say. I right. could have done this. You could, like we, but when she's living it, if you're, if you're listening to how she's telling the story, right, it wasn't a lot of big like like red flags that you'd be like, oh my god, I gotta run. Like in the beginning, mm -hmm. it, her, I think her choices, in my opinion, were red flags for me for her, not for him. Mm. Her choice in letting him move into her house two weeks after meeting him is a red flag. Nothing that he did, yeah, but mm -hmm. the choice that she made was a red flag. It's like so, you, you knew him for two weeks. Why would you even do that? That fantasy of, like you said, mm -hmm. oh, this could be. I, I could get this. This could be it. 
Yeah. And he took and, all of that and he ran with it. So I really yeah. think to add to that, I think that another part that played in it is as a woman, <clears throat> I can speak from experience, like as a bigger woman, you have men that will approach you automatically thinking, oh, this person will go for whatever I'm offering. Mm-hmm. And but they'll try to, you know, take, take, take. Where she had this man who, like, yeah, I, I'm not the most conventionally beautiful woman, but I have this man that wants me and he's willing to pay my bills. He's willing to do this. Oh, and he's a see, like he has all these things. I deserve these things. So in her mind, like I'm I'm willing to overlook all that because look how great of a catch this person is and they want me just as mm-hmm. much. So I just can't imagine like what like how she feels. Like it is it just sounds like she's been on a roller coaster like since she met him. Yeah, because she actually addressed somebody in the comments about that particular thing. Somebody in the comments said, Why would a VP want you? Yeah, mm. and so And I want, you never want people to feel like, you know, bad about themselves. I I just don't, I just hope that and pray that she gets, is able to move past all of this and finally get to not only trust somebody else, but trust herself. Because I know she has to be questioned like every decision she's made. Yeah. Yeah. That was. That's tough. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. The, oh god, the man just lied about everything. Yeah, everything from siblings to when people died to if people were actually dead to if they weren't dead. He, oh god, he was talking to people on the phone that's been dead for years. The guy was crazy. Yeah, that's and she, embarrassing. And not only during the pandemic, but she probably wasn't sharing <laughs> this information with many people because you don't want to feel that shame, like you don't mm-hmm. want to have people poking holes in the story because even though you question it in your mind if somebody else is like you don't think blah 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 so you withhold that information and so now well, she, she, addressed, like, she addressed that why yeah. she didn't tell anybody she said because in her i guess in the black families or whatever when you're married you don't discuss your marriage that's nothing that's between you and your husband you don't tell anybody else that so she didn't share it with anybody yeah <sighs> <sighs> Tell me, y'all. Tell me. I'm gonna tell you to get your dumb ass out of there. <laughs> man, lying. He ain't got no That's job. Tough, man. That's a lot. He said he yeah. had offshore accounts. <laughs> Listen, with all the money he made from arena football. I I really feel like I know we can't say what we were doing in the situation, but I really feel like if I found out, if you tell me you had another dating profile with a different picture and a different name, I'd be like, hmm, that's interesting. Red flag. I gotta go. Yeah. Because why? I already think y'all weirdos anyway. <laughs> so, no. I'm out yeah. of here. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, let me tell you, God tried to save her, save her a couple times and she kept going back. When that tire blew out on that first date, she should have took her ass home. Listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he came and saved the day. Changed the tire. Yeah. Took her to the tire <laughs> store. Got her a new tire. Oh, my God. Girl, the man at the Ooh. store could have did that for you, baby. <sighs> I feel for her, though. You feel for her? I do. I do. I do. I do. 
because it was just it was very extreme. It, it was it was a lot. The, it, oh Jesus! There's so many there's so many people, both men and women, who deal with this, and unfortunately, don't really have a space to really talk about it. I mean, I've had clients who have uh, dealt with similar situations where they've been in relationships with people who just have lied to them in order to get with them. And um, whether you're male or female, it's it, mostly women have just been dead set in their, in their minds of like, this is what I want and need. I want, I want this life for myself. And that creates a sense of desperation of like longing for it. And so you're willing to do whatever it takes to get that. And even if the partner, even if the partner is not exactly um, what you hoped for that person to be. Um, and I was just having a conversation about this because, you know, it really brings the question about the, um, the dating pool uh, mm. for, for women in terms of selection and being able to like the, the selection of dating partners. And are there um, that many options available and um, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing stories and people saying that there, there's not, there's not a lot of options available, for, particularly for black women um, to find partners that really match some of these characteristics, which can lead to relationships like this. Okay. And they stay in these relationships and they get abused and exploited and mistreated and all the things. And so it's just a, it's just a, it's just an unfortunate situation all around. Just when you think about just, societally and culturally and all the other factors that play a part in this in this need to be married, this need to be in a relationship, this need to have a partner, um, just in the culture that we're living in today. Yeah. And and another thing is like, like you just said, like this, I think it's this this huge agenda being pushed right now, especially for black women that you better find this person because you're going to be on a clearance rack and you're not going to find them. And like this narrative is just ridiculous. So now the desperation is so high. And then for some reason, I don't, I don't know where this came from. I don't know if it has something to do with maybe the older generations mm. and how they um, endured certain things. But for some reason, there seems to be this narrative where black women have to suffer to mm. find love or suffer through something to get to what they're looking for. No, you don't. I don't look. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not. I'm not suffering no more with nobody. Like for what? Why do I gotta go through all of these yeah. things to get this ring or to get this whatever it is that my goal is? That I'm trying to get to. Why I got to go through hell to get to it? And I think that's why a lot of us actually put up with so much shit because somebody grandmama told them this, or the men now are saying, "Well, look what your grandma went through. Look what your auntie." Went but no, my grandma was like, oh, "Baby, don't do that." Right. I Sometimes when I had the choice, I got the hell out of there. Like, no, it, it, no, don't do it. So being I want a man that don't want me to suffer. <laughs> I don't want no man that want me to suffer. <laughs> why do you want to see me angry, upset, right? <laughs> crying. Like, why? Uh-uh. <laughs> I don't know. But, so the therapist, that's what we call him. No, I'm joking. Jonathan. <laughs> what is the difference between coaching and therapy? Okay. So there is a difference with coaching and therapy. So therapy is the process of, so I like to like the better explanation for this is that therapists deal with the past and coaches deal with the present and the future. So with therapy, um, you're coming to a therapist to deal with 
you know, issues related to uh, mental and emotional, um, emotional health. And so a therapist and a client will work together to really kind of explore kind of what are some of the unresolved emotions and feelings and thoughts that you might have that are causing the problems that are going on in your life. So therapy is a process of just unpacking and processing those emotions and thoughts and feelings. So that's kind of in a nutshell, like from a high level of what therapy is. Now, coaching, on the other hand, is that you may be in a higher functioning status where you're, you, you may have a problem where, you know, you're trying to, um, it may be, you know, a problem with your relationship or problems with uh, your financial situation or a problem with something that's happening with you at work. So you may go to a coach and deal with um, maybe it's communication issues or maybe it's um, teamwork or maybe it's something that's that you're dealing with presently. And it's more about how do you bring yourself to the current state that you're in to a future state? Um, so coaches don't necessarily do therapy <laughs> with clients. They work with clients to help them to kind of resolve some uh, life problems or some other relationship challenges or some other situations, unlike a therapist, which is more of like emotion, mental, uh, cognitive, emotional uh, issues that they're facing in their life. So that's kind of the difference between. And then also, you know, therapists also need to get licensed by the board. And there's a set of regulations that you have to follow in order to be a therapist, because it's more about protecting those um, and protecting the public in that way. So yeah, so that's kind of in a nutshell, like the difference between coaching and therapy. Okay. That was a great explanation. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So do you think that uh, social media has made diagnosis of anxiety and depression spike? Um, I think mental health awareness has more awareness around mental health on social media has uh, increased uh, knowledge about anxiety and depression. Um, so I think social media has definitely contributed to um, people talking about mental health issues such as anxiety and depression and being open um, to, to disclose, just like with the, the young woman that is doing these videos, um, more and more people are not only exposing uh, or sharing their stories, but they're also kind of sharing the impact of these experiences on their mental health. So I feel like um, social media is definitely a platform where, where uh, people are definitely um, sharing a lot of information about mental health. <laughs> on the other hand, um, diagnosis is happening on on social media, which is which is something that is especially self-diagnosis, which is very problematic. People are self-diagnosing themselves, naming, like saying that they have PTSD and anxiety and depression, and they haven't seen a, a licensed professional to get an accurate diagnosis, diagnosis or an evaluation on their mental health status, which, which is something that I am seeing on social media that is problematic. So I think it's important to really because there's a lot of factors that go into diagnosis um, and it takes, a it takes a lot of time to get to a diagnosis. So I think it's 
really important that people go and seek out a professional to get a diagnosis, especially if if you are suffering from a mental health condition. Yeah, I agree. I think um, what is also happening because the awareness is, is there more often than it used to be, but it's also, um, I don't want to say, I guess I'm going to say it anyway. I think it's being minimized and desensitized because people are using it so much, like you said, and they're not even actually properly diagnosed with these things. So now everybody got it. Everybody's anxious. Everybody's depressed. And it's like, no, maybe a lot of y'all immature. That's mm -hmm. one thing. They're very immature and don't know how to um, articulate things in a proper way. So they'll, they'll use things that they heard before to say, this is what I have. So I'm acting this way. And um, social media just allows these things to carry on. And then they are fearful of calling it out mm -hmm. because they don't want to cancel. So I can't say nothing. So if they say they are, they just are. Yeah. Even if we yeah. know for sure they ain't been diagnosed with nothing. It's like, mm. um, I feel like the term bipolar, like people are like, oh, don't worry, they just bipolar. Like, did Jake go to the doctor and get diagnosed with that? Because that's a major, that's something major. Like, you know, you can't just say that. Yeah, and also increases stigma because, you know, it. there's a couple of them. There's bipolar, there's narcissist, there's, um, there's a couple of buzzwords that are out there on social media right now that has gotten a lot of attention and people are being labeled as many of these things, but it's not, it's not really an accurate description of what the word is, how the word is actually being used. Um, and you're right is, is, you know, uh, to your point, um, you were, you know, talking about some people are, so we have, so we have normal psychological distress, right. And, 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 and there are, um, appropriate situations where it is developmentally appropriate for a person to experience stress given their given the stage of their development. So mm -hmm. oftentimes with people who are just distressed, um, it could be just because they just are not able to be adaptive or being able to cope and manage with the stress that they're experiencing. It may not just be a it may not be a disorder. It just may mm -hmm. be just they don't know how to manage their stress. Right. So I think that's why, I mean, that's why there's nuance and context to consider when people are talking about mental health online, that mm -hmm. everything is not a diagnosis. Everything is not anxiety. Everything is not depression or bipolar or whatever it is. It's just people are just right now, particularly just in the pandemic, social media is just a place where people ha have been using it to cope with stress, you know, and don't really have another outlet to go to, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's unfortunate, but this is how, this is this is also kind of showing us the, the systemic failures of the mental health care system, of just wow. people going to social media to get help because they, they can't find it anywhere else. So, yeah. Yeah. Or they don't want the stigma. They don't want to say I'm going to therapy because something's wrong with me. You're going to think right. something's wrong with me. Right. right. Yeah. Because I, I dated someone who used some things against me as if like they were saying something wrong to me. I'm like, I'm good, baby. I got my medicine over there. We're good. You might need to go talk to somebody. <laughs> I got my stuff together over here. I might 
act up a little bit, but I, I'm under control. I call my therapist. We got mm -hmm. this. But like using something as a weapon is not a cool thing either. Like because uh, sometimes social media will make people think that you're not normal be because of this. Yeah. People don't want to go and get that diagnosis because oh they they gonna think something wrong with me. They they're not gonna think they're gonna think I'm not normal anymore. Mm. Yeah, you know, that's also a good point. You know, there is a lot of weaponization going on right now with, with mental health services. They're like, go see a therapist. You need therapy. Like, those are the kind of, like, projections mm -hmm. that I'm hearing, you know, go see a therapist. You go see. But that is really, you know, therapy is not meant to kind of be an insult to, mm. uh, and, and often it's often treated that way or weaponized to say, go seek a therapist to get treated for whatever it is that you're dealing with because you're trying to avoid conflict. Mm. You're trying to avoid dealing with the problem that is at hand because you don't have conflict, conflict resolution skills. So you say, go seek out a therapist to help you with that. It's, it's displacing the problem. It's off offloading the problem because they don't want to deal with the 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 issue or the problem so it's avoidance and so yeah. i think rather than just saying go seek a therapist or you need therapy how about we talk about this problem one-on-one and then sort it out we don't we don't need to go to extreme measures or try to weaponize therapy as the uh the, the cure-all or the miracle mm -hmm. pill that's going to just resolve everything and that's just not, yeah. not true at all. Adrian, that kind of brings up the question you asked the other day. How do you call yourself a leader when you can't have crucial, crucial conversations? I stand on that. I think that <clears throat> a lot of people say that, like, oh, I'm a leader, I'm a leader. But anytime someone brings something to you that's out the norm, tough, however you want to say it, and you're nervous and you can't have that conversation, what do they say about you? You can't be a leader and you can't have a crucial conversation you can't be I, i'm sorry like i don't care how much of a leader you think you are but mm -hmm. if you run from crucial conversations you run for somebody calling you out on your stuff you run from someone feeling uncomfortable about something that you did and you want to avoid it like you can't be a leader because a leader talks about it a leader wants to have that conversation so that way you guys can be on the same page going forward that's a leader mm -hmm. right so that's mm -hmm. that's kind of where that that question definitely came from because i came across that where it's like you a leader and you scared to have a crucial conversation you don't need to be a leader you, you, most you of them can't, can't. <clears throat> they so. can't. we've seen it several times on this show <laughs> where they literally get upset. I am very good at articulating my point. You may not like it, but I said it. I'm not cursing at you. I'm not attacking you. We're talking about the point at hand. Right. And because you aren't able to articulate your point, now you're mad at me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. But we supposed to be leaders like and most of the time, I'm sorry, y'all, it's the men. It's a lot of men who cannot have articulate conversations about the actual point that we're talking about on these platforms 
because they have sat on social media and just regurgitated what other people said. So now you got to actually talk to somebody face to face and they are assuming that because I'm a woman, I'm going to say the same things they've been hearing other women say. And I'm not ever going to do that because most of the time I don't agree with half the stuff women say anyway, but that's just me. I think what happens, I think a lot of men are black and white, right? And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, when you don't agree with them, they don't have anywhere to run, right? Because they only see it one way, yeah. typically, right? And when you don't agree with it and you're finding loopholes in what they're saying, it's kind of like, I don't, ugh, I don't like this. This don't make me feel <laughs> good, right? And it just being able to be honest of, you know what? Maybe I don't know as much as I thought I knew. Right. I don't know what's so hard in that. Everybody wants to be the smartest person in the room. Everybody can't be the smartest person in the room. I'm in right? the wrong room if I'm the smartest one. And, 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 and that's one thing I've never cared about. Right. I never cared about it. So it's like if you if you are able to present something to me that questions something that I believe in or see, I'm like, hmm, OK, tell me more. Right. I'm a, and I'm going to let you know, this is what I thought. But if you can tell me something different than what I thought and with facts, I'm OK with that. Like, that's not going to hurt my pride because I don't want to be ignorant. It's a different right. It's, it's ignorance. If, if, if I'm walking around here wearing something that's not true. Right. That's ignorance. So mm -hmm. that goes to the whole friendship thing. Right. Like, don't have me out here ignorant, friend. Uh, Check me, tell me, like, help me. Don't have me go tell somebody else that. And then now yeah. someone I don't know calls me like, bro, you tripping. Like, and my friend knew, but I ain't gonna say nothing because I ain't gonna rock yeah. the boat. Like, what we doing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got to, we got to get back to critical thinking and actually having our own opinions about things. Stop. Just, oh my God, it's so frustrating to have conversations with people and you know for a fact they got their opinion off of a meme. You know it. It's so frustrating. I'm like, oh God, okay, here we go. Yeah. It's you know, I think also in conversations, people can be very polarizing and very extreme in the way that they think. You, you, you talked about the polarizing thinking and the black and right black and white thinking and just kind of perceiving things as all good or all bad or this or that and um without considering the nuances and the context and also the shades of shades of gray um and to have interactions and 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 conversations with people where it can be very challenging and difficult because they don't open up any type of room for uh gray areas or uh, opposing action or opposing information and there's um uh i think the first thing is just really having safe conversations and courageous conversations where both parties can be um uncomfortable with i mean comfortable with the uncomfortable and accepting the discomfort in conversations you know despite how people you know may feel because we we all are different we all come from different backgrounds, different ways of living, different thoughts, different feelings. And 
there, there's, there's always room for multiple possibilities to happen in conversations. But I think just when you're in those, those dynamics, it could just, it can shut down conversations. You have a tendency to withdraw, isolate, pull away from, and you don't want to, you don't want to talk to that person again, because it's just, it can be just very difficult just to deal with that. And so, yeah, it's, um, black and white thinking and, and just the, 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 the movement of conversations that go to these extreme levels, it just never gets any further. So yeah, yeah it's hard. And, and a lot of times I, I've witnessed also, and I know we all have, when people, when you're having a conversation with somebody and they are responding to you from their triggers and mm. you're like, whoa, whoa, I, that's not even what how did we get here? <laughs> I just asked a regular question and they come at you like, and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Something that I said really just triggered them and I don't know what it is. Mm. Right. And I, don't, and I think this is happening a lot on social media because folks are coming like five guns blazing and you're like, why are you so angry about this yeah. minor conversation we're having? I think, I think that goes with people feel like people forget that opinions are just that an opinion just because i say i don't like the color red that doesn't mean the color red is bad that just means i don't like the color red <laughs> so if you like the color red hey guess what i'm not trying to change your mind about it that's just what i just don't like it Man. but people take it really personally like don't be talking about the color red like whoa what <laughs> right Oh God, they're gonna go to your page. See, you got on red here. You talking about you don't like the color red. Shad, they're gonna read you right. for <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Jonathan, mm -hmm. what is journaling from a professional standpoint? Hmm, good question. Um journaling is the process of writing down your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. Um, in a in a document, documentation and journaling your thoughts and emotions and feelings really helps you to stay grounded. Um, you can journal um, via text by writing down in a book. You can journal via, via voice by doing voice notes. Um, you can journal um, by doing something creative. Um, it's a process of documentation and it can really help a person to really be mindful and really kind of also process a lot of uh, uh, experiences that they may have had um, in the past. And it can, uh, journaling is definitely something that I recommend that clients do, the clients that I work with, especially if you've experienced some type of trauma or some type of uh, uh, really distressing experience is to, is to journal because it really helps to kind of cope with some of the negative emotions and feelings that you might have. And uh, yeah, so that's what I think of, that's what I think of journaling. Mm. I, Do you all journal? I, I am a fan of journaling recently. <laughs> I'm going to caveat that with recently. Um, yes, it, it, it has definitely been an eye opener. Yes. It makes everything make sense, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Journaling I feel like I have, 
I feel like I have to work on my journaling because when I go back and look at it, it's like all over the place. I'm like all over the place. It's like squirrel. Like, let me start writing about this. <laughs> <laughs> all over the place. <sighs> but in my like mind, like, yeah, exactly. Like this, it's just it that's how it is for me. <laughs> yeah. I also to this question. Um uh, I recommend journaling while listening to music, uh, especially your favorite music, because it helps to kind of get the, the juices flowing and it helps it to kind of come out a little bit more. And you might find yourself crying, you find yourself getting emotional. Um, and even if the journaling doesn't make any sense, it doesn't necessarily have to be coherent. It's just getting it out of your head and onto paper. Because a lot of our a lot of times, you know, we, we're in our head a lot. You know, it is not in reality. And so part of journaling is really trying to get ourselves out of our head and onto paper. Um, so it can it can lead to um, a clarity and understanding um, and making room for other things. So music while journaling is also a good tip to help you to kind of flush it out a little bit more. I recommend the flute album, just saying. Helps me a lot. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, oh my God. Do you want me to put this up here? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> oh, okay. That's a good question. Do you recommend yeah. time castling your journaling? Yeah, I do. Um, okay. Because I do that actually. Um, myself, because I go back and look at what I wrote maybe 10, 15 years ago, and it allows me to kind of look back at who I was, the younger versions of myself. And I also give that to clients as well, because it, it, it signals growth. Um, and it also kind of shows you like who you used to be and who you are today. And so um, it's, a, it's a gain in treatment when you, when you kind of time castle time capsule uh, journaling prompts that you wrote in the past. My brain went somewhere else when I read time capsule. So I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> it only, only because it came from him. Did it go? Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I agree with that. Yes. yes. Yeah. Mr. JR be wearing me out. <laughs> okay. say? <laughs> <laughs> I did, because you always play it. So I'm like, oh, God. <sighs> Back to the future. Mm. Um, <laughs> can you explain the word, well, trigger and how they affect your mental health? Okay. So we, we all have um, triggers. And many of us are unaware of what those triggers are. And basically what a trigger is is um, it's an internal or external stimuli that evokes an intense emotional or a psychological response to in an individual. Um, and usually it's more associated with past traumatic experiences um, or sensitive issues. Um, 
many of us have triggers, unaware, unconscious, and some of them are conscious. And I think a trigger could be anger, a trigger could be anxiety, a trigger could be something that has happened to us in the past, in past lives, and they are being reenacted in the present moment. Mm -hmm. um, so they can affect your, your, your mental health because you could be triggered by something and don't even know that you're being triggered. Um, and also it could, it could affect your sensory experience as well. Like it could be sight, smell, taste, touch, hearing. Um, and you could be just triggered by what something just ha happened in the environment and you're triggered by it. Um, so yeah. And I think, you know, the, the, um, most important thing about triggers is that you begin to identify and understand what your triggers are um, and being self-aware of what they are and understanding, you know, why do I actually have these triggers? What are some of the reasons why I have these triggers and why I'm being triggered in this moment? And then figuring out another way to cope with the, with the stressors or the triggers or the stimuli, whether it be through grounding or mindfulness or journaling, um, anything that might bring you more joy in life or just talking about uh, you, you the, the triggers that are being activated inside of you. Mm. Oh, yeah. work to do. <laughs> <laughs> we are a work in progress, right? We're all kind of mm. just learning ourselves every single day. <clears throat> yeah. I think, and I, and I think awareness is so, so major, like just going through the journey and being able to recognize it and catch it. Like, oh, whoa, 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 don't, don't, don't let it take you there. Don't let it take you there. You know how, you know, this ain't real. This is, this is just a drill. You got it. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Triggers are serious. And you said, you mentioned um, the sensory that's that is so real like just thinking of something that may have happened like when you were a kid and a smell mm -hmm. or something that mm -hmm. you're like oh hell no <laughs> like it could be certain foods that you just don't eat because yeah. that happened or something right. that just triggers that memory mm -hmm. that's crazy right. yeah. mm. i won't eat just because of it's triggering so i wouldn't even try it i haven't mm -hmm. had beets in like 30 plus years, but just because of the triggering of it, I won't even try to see if maybe my palates are different now. There are things that I just refuse to try. Did you um, have to eat them when you was a kid or something? Yeah, yeah I had to. So beets, liver, oh. um, these... <laughs> yes. But these were things that I was forced to eat. I did not like. I thought they oh. were some of the nastiest things alive. And I was forced to eat it. And so as an adult, there's things that I just won't even try oh. because the triggering of it when I was a child. Mm -hmm. But Didi, you say I ain't missing them with the liver? First of all, I'm not even, I don't know if I even, ever even eat it. Like I've not, I was the pickiest kid, so I'm not, I would starve. I'm not eating it. <laughs> I'll just go to sleep hungry because I'm not going to eat it. I didn't no. have that luxury to be picky. So I'll just be sitting at the table sleep because I'm, or you just going to beat me because I'm not going to eat it. Mm -mm. 
Now, I was that kid. I'll take the beating. I'm not eating it. I didn't want to sit there all day. So I was there right there and come home. I'm going to just throw it up. Like, <laughs> I was one of them. I was okay. This what you want to do? <laughs> yeah, I was one of them. I eat it and throw it up. I'm not eating it at all. Sitting there, throwing it up. <laughs> yeah. I told you I ain't like this crap. <laughs> I feel that way about mustard. I won't touch mustard. Don't put it near me. Don't, I mean, if it get on my hands, anything, I'm going to probably snap. I like mustard. Mustard is certain a things. huge trigger for me. Huge trigger. I like mustard on hot dogs. Yeah. I don't even like hot dogs. So. <laughs> if I was, yeah, mustard on hot dogs is mm -hmm. But mine wasn't because I was forced to eat something. It was it's just a bad trigger for me. So. Okay. Yeah. Mm -mm. And in this moment, all of you are are articulating your triggers, which is which is bringing it from the unconscious to the conscious awareness, and and also kind of establishing and communicating your boundaries and limits in managing your triggers by just saying, yeah, I don't want that, like I don't like that, um, and taking the, the necessary steps to kind of just be clear about that, right? And that's how you can like, you know, when triggers come up like to really kind of sit with yourself and say, mm, that's not right for me. That's not what I need. That's not what I want. And then setting some boundaries and limits around that. Just like with the young woman, like we heard her triggers in, in the, in the presentation. And we, 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 we talked about her triggers in the beginning, but um, unfortunately, oftentimes people tend to dissociate and disconnect from oh. themselves and from their bodies where they are not aware of the internal and external triggers that are going on that might alert them that something is off or something is wrong or something is up. And so mm -hmm. that's what I mean. Like that's with her. It's just like, where were her triggers? Like what, and did she mm -hmm. react and respond to her triggers in a way that would lead her to establish boundaries and set limits with partners that are uh, lying or you know pathological or abusive or, or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now I think her. I think she actually. I don't know if it's a such. I don't know what the word would be for this, but she mentioned that she had never had a, a guy who like took care of her, where she mm -hmm. never had to worry about bills ever. And this was the yeah. first time that somebody came in and just took care of everything a month ahead of time. She didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. Her money was her money. And she didn't have to worry about anything. Mm. So whatever that was, that's what he played on. And that was that was actually what she kept holding on to was he these can't be lies because he's doing all of this stuff. He's mm. literally paying all my bills. So he can't be lying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know how you're paying these bills because I, I don't know. Because now the man's right. in the car. So I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, so she was just, she was living it up. I don't know. Yeah, but that, that that's the trigger, right? That's the trigger that that signaled to her that I have I have a need for a man to take care of me and to take care of my responsibilities. Therefore, I'm going to seek that. So the trigger mm -hmm. is that you know I'm seeking someone outside myself to take care of me, regardless yeah. of what that person might how that person might show up. So in, in some ways she attracted that mm -hmm. in her life. 
Right. And mm. I'm not I'm not putting the responsibility completely to her, but I'm just saying like realistically, this is typically what happens when you don't have, you know, you lack boundaries or you don't have limits or you, you're not protecting yourself. You're exposing yourself to the, you know, mm-hmm. these uh, situations where, you know, you, you, you land up in relationships that are dysfunctional and abusive and toxic. So, yeah. and it, it, it's, it's unfortunate to see it play out, but this is typically how the dynamic works. Yeah. And she actually mentioned her boundaries and she was upset with herself for not standing on those boundaries because she was like, I was raised to never live with a man before I got married. Mm-hmm. And you went way left with this man because you let her move in two weeks after you met him. Two weeks. Two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't Cultural know. beliefs and attitudes shape how we perceive and, and view reality in our mental health. And so the church or religion and family, if you've been told these things and you must believe it to be true, you're not going to question it. Until you got to apply it. Until you, right, exactly. <laughs> Sounds good in theory. Exactly, right? Like standing over there, hold on, I can bend the rules a little bit. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she bent the rules a lot. Cause she, he, mm-hmm. he, she got pregnant, what, two months after? Yeah, all of it, like the Sweet. moving in, pregnant, like all of it happened in like a four month time span. Like it was a very short amount of time. <laughs> I done been dumb, but you ain't moving in my house. That's absolutely not happening. Not Didi, you can't move in. You, you see what happened the last time, right? I, I hey man, you know, we ain't reliving that. I'm just saying, hey, I don't, hey, I don't know. Okay. No, all right. No. 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 Not no. even a little bit. No. I'm 45. My ex husband lived with me. That was for eight months. And my son's dad, we ain't going to go back into that because we, we discussed that last week, the last time we was on this show. We ain't doing that again. That was 15 years ago. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. Okay. And remember, you asked the question on Facebook should you live with your significant other before you get married? Right. I don't think you should live with your significant other after you get married. So don't ask me to play. <laughs> Y'all should have two different spaces. <laughs> yes. You stay over there. I'll see you sometime during the week. Maybe on the weekend. I don't want you here every day. Uh-uh. Don't need to be in the same house. Uh-uh. I don't like people long enough. So basically, you're saying if y'all do live together, y'all should have two rooms. We need two separate areas of the house. So I'm saying. My area, you need your area. I feel like there's a lot <laughs> of women that agree with that, Didi. Be like, um, what was that? It was a show on Netflix. Uh, where you get you get to marry the king or some shit like that, and you oh, she yeah. live in her palace, he live in his palace. Yes, yeah. we come together. But she to... ain't like that though. She ain't like that. No, she didn't like that. I don't know what to tell her. That was a great idea. She ain't know no better. 
Hey man, I I'm have just a, I have, I have a friend <laughs> with who Didi, with Didi, they say you that. you open yourself up to a lot of different things when you live like that, though. I wouldn't give a damn. It's a reason. <laughs> oh, I don't care. You can live in the same house and it's open to that. Adrian, people do what they want to do. <laughs> Period. Point in the blank. You true, you know true. That, that, them is facts. Mary them Mindy facts. and my DM, all that. You see the screenshot. They jump. Mary <laughs> Mindy, they shot every chance they get. They gonna step. They gonna step. Every them single time. men, they be scared. The married men, oh, they bringing all the pressure. Listen, Why is that? Look, happy Valentine's Day. Ain't you with your wife today? You won't stay in the house with me. You're supposed to send these messages out the next day. This this Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> Social media has made people think that they have access. Oh, no, so you're bad. I didn't tell y'all happy talk. Valentine's Day. My fault. No need. Thank you. <laughs> if I gotta get you know, get to win the trash. I'm six what days late, that? but happy Valentine's Day, y'all. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It was the day after Mardi Gras. <laughs> no, don't care. Anyway, Mr. Jonathan, what are some of the warning signs that one might need to seek therapy? Um, there's a lot of warning signs with with uh, that, <laughs> but you know, I think. Um, what we want to do is we want to kind of, I just want to be careful how I answer this question because I, I, um, I think that when you find yourself in relationships where you just notice that something is off, um, and you really don't have a lot of support in your life, um, to have someone to talk to or have someone to process with, because it's, it's, it's hard. Um, it's, it's hard to talk with friends and family about things that are going on in your life that are very private and very personal, because oftentimes we talked about um, just the public scrutiny when it comes to disclosing information about your thoughts or your feelings or emotions about certain complex or sensitive matters. Because anytime that you open up about something related to your family or relationship or some other concern, there is an impending judgment that comes after that. You may, there is this sense of uh, retaliation or a sense of uh, shame even attached to talking about anything related to yourself because people just come from their own kind of purview and their own perspectives about what they think that you need to do about your situation. And mm-hmm. sometimes you need like a, a third party to come in and kind of give you a uh, an objective, uh, you know, unbiased perspective on what it is that you're experiencing. And so um, I think, you know, when you find yourself in those, in those moments where you're, 
like your gut is telling you, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm really going through something right now. I'm like really depressed or I'm anxious or I'm feeling these emotions or I'm, you know, having a hard time dealing with, you know, challenges at work or dealing with struggles with my relationship. I think it's time for you to start kind of seeking out some professional support to, to guide you and help you to navigate through that process, that healing process. So, you know, if, if your gut is telling you to go seek out help, then listen to your gut. Like, or if there is some discomfort that's coming up for you related to, um, so that, so yeah, so that's how I would answer that question. Um, so that you can openly address all of your issues, um, and really speak to, to someone that can really give you some, um, unbiased professional support around your situation. Hope that makes sense. That's a really great professional answer. Take your ass down there and talk to them folks. We tired of you projecting your stuff on us on the internet. We don't want you to call us and tell us the same story over and over about five different people. Don't talk to them people. You got the insurance. Go down there and use it and get some help. We sick of you now. We don't want to hear it. We tired. Oh, God. Not the insurance. Go on, get on the couch, talk to the person. If you don't want to go to the office, they got Zoom. They got therapy on Zoom. Get mm -hmm. on there. You need to talk to somebody. Right you here. need to talk to somebody. Yes. I wish I wish it was part of, I mean, I feel like I feel like it needs to be part of the culture. I think there needs to be a cultural shift for people to really realize that therapy is not just because you have a a diagnosis or a mental health mm -hmm. challenge or anything like that. Therapy could be for anything you want it to be. Because there's therapists that that serve all different aspects of life, all different areas of life, and can really, you know, in, in transform and enhance the quality of your life. So it's not just for people who are under functioning or dysfunctional or low performing or under you know performing it's really for those who are also high performers and high achievers and high functioning people it's for everybody you know i don't think it's just for certain types of groups of people but that's the perception that we have about therapy is that it's just for those who um who are stereotypically you know mentally ill or whatever but that's not that's not what it is because you find yourself going to a therapist and it's not what you think that it is it's you know what i mean it's it's completely because you know society and culture and the media kind of portrays it to be one way but when you actually get access to the service it's not what the media is portraying it to be so i think it's you know if you have the resources go seek out support they can help you out with your life it doesn't matter where you are in life so yeah yeah i agree because a lot of people like, especially like you said, in the black community, like we have been through so many traumatic things that mm -hmm. we just ignore it. And we yeah. are just existing and we just move along in life. And we don't really, un we don't realize how traumatized we are until yeah. you have a conversation with somebody who's on their healing journey. <coughs> and that conversation is so ridiculous because you can't even, you really can't see or hear past anything other than how you've been traumatized. Like, I'm literally having a conversation. I won't say who the person is, one of my family members. And I have to call my sister because I'm like, yo, I can't do this. 
Like I, I just can't do it because it's so frustrating, but I can't get them to, to like rationalize their thoughts right now. Cause they mm -hmm. don't think there's anything wrong with what they're saying. And they're so out of control right now, but they've been like this their whole life. So there's, there's nothing. So I'm trying to tiptoe around this, but I'm like, right now I need you to calm down because we have to have, we actually have to make real decisions right now. Mm -hmm. And your trauma is so horrible with trusting people. It's just, it's over the top right now. And I can't do this with you. But they will not seek help at all. The Lord yeah. going to help. The Lord going to do it. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk to the pastor. <clears throat> Man, you yeah. need to talk to a licensed therapist. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's and that's what that's that's that generational trauma is so real. It is so real with black families. And I'm just going to say it like that. It is so real to the uh -huh. point where black people don't think that they have any type of issue, that we are just the strongest, most resilient. We can endure anything and everything possible. Nothing affects us. We are uh -huh. invincible. We are unclockable. And what that does is it says that it creates this perception that we don't have any mental health challenges at all. We don't have anything wrong with us. There's nothing. And that's what discourages people from seeking out support, seeking out help, because there is this fear that unconsciously and subconsciously that we have of, you know, being perceived as weak or unable mm -hmm. to handle our problems. Oh, we need to go pray and we need to go to church and give give it to the lord and all this other stuff because there's this you know our mental health is not that important and so i'm uh -huh. speaking to this because it's this is a stereotype that has been created about black people that needs to be challenged right um and there are many other stereotypes about you know black people with just like you know how we are kind of you know portrayed as very superstitious or you know, maybe it's a spiritual or religious factor. We might have a demon or we be, we're we demon possessed or some other reason as to believe that we have these mental health challenges. And that, that also creates problems as well because it just discourages people from seeking out proper, appropriate care. Um, so there's there's so many issues that we, and, and we, you know, I, I haven't even touched on just the historical trauma of just layers upon layers of, uh just history that has affected us that has kept us just numb and detached and just you, we just we just aren't there and some and some people we're not going to be able to save we're not no. going to be able to help them they're just going to be what they are and those who are really about that life and really about taking care of themselves and sometimes that that is a that is a trigger that we need to listen to and we need to set some boundary to say Maybe I need to create some distance. Maybe I do need to separate and limit my interactions with with these folks so that I can go over here and prioritize my mental health and my well-being, my sanity, because these people over here are just not capable of um, or don't have the capacity to uh, receive the help <clears throat> and support that they really need. So let me go over here and get, get it myself. Uh -huh. and find people who are doing the same and develop a community and supportive support around me, around people who are also on this pathway. Yes, that's good. Yeah. 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 Oh, Lord, because mm -mm, you're not about to throw me off my path. No. <laughs> mm -hmm. Stay 
Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, and that you kind of touched on it. The last question was how do we get more black community, the black community to consider going to counseling? Um, I don't know because we talked about it earlier. It's kind of like a two-way thing because on, on one hand, social media is amplifying mental mm -hmm. health and they're promoting it more than they've ever done it before. More people are hearing about it. <coughs> but on the other hand, I mean, I don't know how much the black community as a whole is even considering it other than just the anecdotal, you know, you know, the, the sayings of it. We're just yeah. saying these things. But are you actually doing it, applying it, executing these things? Or it just sounds good to say something about mental health? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, um, uh, you know, addressing mental health stigma uh, in the Black community is really important. And one, one of the things is like having platforms like this to really spread mental health awareness, mental health education to the Black people, to, to the Black community, excuse me, to challenge some of the stereotypes about mental health because we have to create some pathways before they actually come into the counseling room and therapy room. We got to bring more education around what is happening even on social media and how social media is shaping public perception about Black people and, and mental health and all the things that are happening on social media but being able to challenge and confront some of these stereotypes and this misinformation and provide accurate information to the public about what, what, is, to, what is Black mental health and what it is and, and how important it is to seek out support and help. Um, and that can be done through having stuff like this, community workshops, um, collaboration with community leaders, mental health advocates, so that people are like having honest, authentic conversations around this, this issue and targeting uh, Black people in the community to go seek out support. Um, and Black people too, you know, we have very unique uh, challenges and experiences that would be um, otherwise, that, that's, that the majority culture in terms of counseling and mental health is not addressing. So there is an importance to seek out culturally competent care by a, a licensed clinician who might be of color that, that gets your experience, that gets your journey, um, understands what it is that you've experienced and what have you gone through. And so you have like therapy for Black girls. And um, I know therapy for Black men is going through some challenges right now, but there are other provider directories that exist where Black therapists are, are advertising their services. So it's good to kind of be in a space where you have someone that can really understand your experience as a Black person. Um, and then um, some other things, I think, just in terms of just having more safe spaces to have discussions like this is really, really important and offering like peer support. Um, and just really just keep doing it. Just keep talking about it and keep, because that's what's going to really kind of get people into counseling is people need to be consciously aware that people care about mental health. You know, we already have an, a force against us that's trying to get us away from our health and from our, our even our mental health by with the distractions and disinformation. We need to counter and disrupt that with healthy information healthy responses, advocacy, community, all, all of this needs to counter that which is coming against us, which is which is all part of the, the white supremacist agenda. 
mm-hmm. uh, to keep us suppressed and dehumanized, really. We need more of it. Absolutely. Keep talking about it. Uh-huh. I agree. Um, you know, we, I mean, you always bring me joy when you come on the show. I love when you come on because you just, you make things so plain. You make it, um, you break it down to where everybody can understand it. And it's not some boring, washed over information. It's really relevant, especially to the black community. And I appreciate you for coming on the show. Anytime that you're available, we love having you. Absolutely. Um, Do you have anything that you would like to promote, tell the people about, let them know how they can follow you, all that good stuff? Sure. So um, I am in, I'm a licensed clinical professional counselor in Maryland and Virginia. I have a practice to have openings. Uh, my practice is called Atone Therapy. I'm, um, in, I'm my third year in practice. And you can find me online. You can go to my website, www.atone-therapy.com. Feel free to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. We can we can you know talk it out about your issues if you're in Maryland or Virginia, of course. But if you also you know want to talk about anything, you can always schedule a consult with me, and I can probably redirect you to the right place if you are looking for a therapist or a a counselor in your state. Um, so I have that going on with my practice. I also have a podcast. We are working on our second season uh, called Surviving the Black Church, where we discuss uh, the survivor journeys and experiences of those who have uh, endured and survived Black church experiences. And we we have a space uh, on, uh, I think it's the second and fourth Thursday of every month. There's one coming up um and hit me up if you want to contact me um we have a space where we're just discussing issues with the black church it's this thursday at seven o'clock you can um email me um my it's my first name jonathan j-o-n-a-t-h-o-n at jonathancarrington.com if you want additional information about what i'm doing following me on different platforms Instagram, LinkedIn, you can find me there, Jonathan Carrington, just type my name in. And that's pretty much it. Um, <coughs> have other resources, just feel free to reach out to me and I can point you in the right direction if you're searching and seeking services. So yeah, happy to be here and happy to come back anytime you want. Awesome, thank you, thank you, thank you. Adrian, Dream, do y'all have anything coming up? Drina, what you got coming up? <laughs> I don't have anything coming up. <laughs> Y'all petty. But Nothing really? If, no, I don't have anything coming up. But if you would like to follow me on my social media on Facebook under Drina Finds Out, I'm trying to get my followers up on that page. Um, and yeah, and I'll be putting a lot of content out there. That's all I have going on. <laughs> Drina finds out. Hmm. Drina got find out, huh? (laughs) No, that's not it, Drina. You see what uh what Mr. J Jr. said. Drina, your hair looking good, girl. Looking like a snack tonight. Thank you, Mr. Jr. It won't be like Drina getting Drina glowing out here. Drina getting all this attention. What's up, Drina? 
Entertaining the daydream. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. Well, you know, training. You know how I do training, coaching. If anyone needs coaching, um, you can hit me up. You can go to gentlemancouncils.com. If you need a consultation, you can hit me up there. Um, YouTube as well. Me and um, actually, Mr. Jonathan blessed me with a nice little interview um, of how therapy can affect your career development. So um, he blessed me with the interview and we had a great conversation around that. So you can definitely check that out. Um, yeah, I'm just waiting to hear what Drina got to tell me. Drina, <laughs> <laughs> so, what you got going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all know that I have the Core Queen podcast. Um, it'll The next episode will be airing on Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook and YouTube. Please subscribe to my channel. Um, I will have uh, an amazing guy on Thursday. His name is Tigo B. He is an entrepreneur and an artist. He is the owner of Romeo's Vegan Burgers here in Charlotte. So it's a franchise out here. It's an amazing uh, burger, vegan burger place. So he has his own vegan burger brand out here. And he's a musician. And he's, he's just amazing. He's been with the Buddhist monks. Over there, like the dude is just awesome. So we get to talk to him, and I'm excited to interview him tomorrow. It'll air on Thursday. Um, also, I will I might give y'all some hints about the if you notice I'm typing shoot for my birthday this year, it is a shoot, but I'll give y'all some pointers on that. We've been planning because it's huge this year, so it's a whole different spin on this thing. So we gotta start now. Well, that's how big it is. So Okay. It's gonna be major. Um, what else I got going on? My son made the track team, so shout out to my son. Um, and he just got picked up. I'm not sure if you're familiar with. It's called NCSA. It is a um a college recruiting agency who will help him for the next four years through his high school years to get him uh into camps to make sure his SAT scores are right, grades are right all his films, everything, all his, everything that he needs to get picked up to be a college football player, they're going to make sure that he is on the right path for the next four years. So. And we got that going on with him. And he just made the AAU travel basketball team too. So y'all pray for me because I am his personal Uber. Mm. And um, yeah. That's life. Yeah. Remember That's last week? Did we talk about last week, Adrian? Custodial parents, what do you need? Some goddamn help. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely need some help. Yeah. Yeah. And we Rudy, are... you almost an empty nester. What you talking about? Almost. But this this is when they get crazy. You think it's crazy now? Wait till they get older. Man, it's nonstop. I got no, one, baby. She's 16. She ain't got the first interest in learning how to drive. She's like, why? I need to learn how to drive. <laughs> like, why? Shit. Stay your tail at home then. That's right. what we're going to do. Oh, you better get it because I, I got I got errands for you to run. Right. 
And we are one month away, a little bit over a month away from my grandbaby coming. So I'm excited about that. Yay. That's all I got, y'all. Y'all know what we need y'all to do here in these comments. The people that you know, your mama, your grandmama, your sister, and them. Have them hit that notification bell on the YouTube side of this thing. Subscribe to our channel. Leave a comment. I need you guys to like the page. And I need you to share with people about the Breaking Barriers podcast. We are here every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to come on the show, let us know. Don't be playing around in our inbox either. Talking about you coming, then you don't show up. If you got some topics you want us to talk about, <laughs> hit us up in the inbox or DM. We'll be glad to talk about them. Any hot topics, <coughs> topics anything you want to talk about, let us know about it. Y'all know that we love y'all in the comments and we appreciate y'all in the comments. Jonathan, we appreciate you for coming on again and we look forward to seeing you in the near future. We'll, we'll see y'all next week. We out. Bye.